I want to welcome you to Salty Catholic, whether you are watching a Salty Catholic video or whether you are listening to a Salty Catholic podcast. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you are listening. We're glad that you're watching. Whether it's video or podcast or whether you're visiting our blog, hope you will visit our blog and check out some of the devotional, reflective, short articles that I've begun to place on that blog. This is a new blog, and we're probably going to share a few old things that we've written in years past, some things I'll pull out of the archives and rework and and share on Salty Catholic. Most of these reads on our blog will be two to three minutes long. They'll be devotional in nature. They'll be reflective in nature. And we do certainly hope and pray that by reading them, just like in listening to these podcasts and watching these videos, that there's something in them that will encourage you and something in there that will also challenge you to step it up in your own faith walk. My goal, these podcasts are new to me. The Salty Catholic YouTube is relatively, relatively new. There's a a dozen or so videos there that we've begun to upload over the course of the past year, I believe. And because of health reasons, I've not been able to do a great deal with the videos. But we're beyond that. My wife's cancer surgery, and I had a little medical issue back in the in the early spring, late winter that we had to take care of concerning my concerning my heart. But our hope and prayer is that something in these videos, these podcasts, in these reflective devotional uh, articles, will bless you, encourage you, and help you in your faith walk as you endeavor to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, my goal, where these podcasts and videos are concerned, is that I'm hoping, and we'll see how that works, it may just be once a week, but I'm hoping, I'm shooting for doing two podcasts and videos a week. Now, a lot of the material that will be in the videos will be extracted or or from the podcasts. There's too much to say. There's too much to communicate in order to try to put it all in videos. Now, that would be a long, drawn-out, boring thing. And and, uh, I like YouTube. I enjoy doing YouTube videos. But quite honestly, uh, I think there's other ways that need to be explored. And hence, here we are doing this podcast thing. And it's uh, reminiscent of my days back in radio. I really enjoyed doing radio at a, at a little AM station here locally years ago, uh, not only as a, as, as a DJ, but uh, also in producing my own radio program and uh, under the auspices of David Colic Ministries. And it was very fruitful, very rewarding. And 
doing podcasts is very reminiscent of that. And I'm hoping to do one themed production, whether it's a podcast or video. It'll be something themed, just like this Sermon on the Mount series that we're working on. And then the other one will be just some random topic that's associated to life in the here and now as we're living our lives, uh, Shirley and I, in a little tiny cabin in the woods. Almost a, a hermit-like lifestyle. And we, we love it. And we're gonna, as all of this relates to our Catholic faith, we'll be communicating as we go ahead in the days to come. So there'll be a themed production, there'll be a random topical production, and that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun, it'll be interesting. I, I hope it's interesting for you, it's interesting for me as I study, as I pray, as I prepare, and as I look forward to continuing this type of digital ministry, if you will. Now, I wanna thank you I want to thank you for watching the videos. I want to thank you for listening to the podcasts. I want to thank you for subscribing to our little work that we're doing here. We hope it brings glory to God. We want everything to be done in a way that, that God gets the glory. And I invite you, as you listen to me, I invite you even more so to listen with the ear of your heart, as St. Benedict recommends and that you allow the Spirit of God to speak to your heart through something that I say or something that I present. May we all be blessed and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is the keynote address Introducing the New Testament age which our Lord Jesus came to usher in. It would be an era where love would be the mainspring. The main it also happened that it would be an era at complete variance with any self-promoting pharisaical ideal. Now, in his life and earthly ministry, Jesus set into motion a way of life that was completely countercultural to anything belonging to the age in which he lived. Anything in Israel, anything in the surrounding nations of Israel. The way of life that Jesus set into motion was at complete variance with them counter-culturally in opposition to them. Now, the way of life that was modeled by Jesus, modeled by his apostles and disciples in the first century, and then untold thousands of disciples of his through the ages, is as counter-cultural today as it was the day that Jesus initiated it. It is as countercultural today as the day when Jesus sat down on Mount Eremos and began teaching 
his disciples. The Beatitudes. The Beatitudes found in Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12, provide us with a description of the character traits of those who profess with their mouths and believe in their hearts all that the Holy Scriptures teach about Jesus as God's Son. It's not a part or peace thing that we can choose what we like, that we can choose what suits our fancy, or choose what we can find a way to live with. It's a, if we accept one part of the story, then we have to accept the whole story. We can't be like Jefferson who went through his, his Bible, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson, and, and redacted everything that he didn't like and then lived according to what he did. We can't do that. Not realistically and get away with it. Listen to what was taking place there in the first century. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up into a mountain, and when he was set down, his disciples came unto him, and opening his mouth, he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who are these people? And what does it mean to be poor in spirit? Let's look at that. These are they who lowly in their own estimation, whether rich or poor, slave or free, recognized the destructive nature of human pride and chose humility instead. These are they who lowly in their own estimation, whether rich or poor, slave or free, recognized the destructive nature of human pride and chose humility instead. Let's look at the seven capital sins. Think about the seven capital sins for a minute. How many are familiar with those anymore? What is the first named capital sin is pride pride and then comes covetousness lust and anger gluttony envy and sloth and do not think for a minute that these are just catholic sins i know there's more than catholics watch and listen to these videos and podcasts so, dear friends, don't think for a minute that the seven capital sins, the seven deadly sins, are merely Catholic sins. They're not. These same seven sins will capture and destroy a Protestant just as quickly, just as easily as they will a Catholic. I remember a book that was written by Dr. Billy Graham years and years ago. I read it 
Must have been 30 years ago. That's a long time, showing my age. But the title of the book was The Seven Deadly Sins. And Dr. Graham talked about these same sins in the book, The Seven Deadly Sins. And by the way, if you want to read a book by Dr. Billy Graham, something from his ministry years, years ago, it's still available. You can find used copies of it. The really sad reality is that you don't hear much out of the mouths of Catholic priests and Protestant pastors these days about the seven deadly sins. And that's really sad. It's a sad commentary. And it's a shame, especially considering that according to our catechisms, the capital sins are the source, they're the seedbed, if you will, from which all the other sins are engendered. Pride is an inordinate esteem that goes against the first commandment because by thinking too much of ourselves, by thinking too much of ourselves, we neglect God and we fail to give the honor to Him that is due Him. We set ourselves up in God's place, making ourselves first place in our lives. That's what pride does. Consider this. Consider this. Proud people live any way they want to live. They act any way they want to act. There's a line in a popular song that Paul Anka wrote. I believe it was Sinatra that made it, made it popular that talked about, I did it my way. And it was a very popular song. When it comes to life, there are some things that we simply do have to do our way but never to the exclusion of doing things the way God desires for us to do them. Remember that it was pride and it was ego that Satan was overtaken by. It was pride and ego that overtook Satan and caused him to try to overthrow God in that realm where God lives, where the angels were, were created. Remember that it was pride, and it was their pride and their ego that Satan used to lure Adam and Eve into his captivity. Ah, you can be like God. God knows that that fruit's not going to harm you, but it's going to make you like Him. It was pride and ego that Satan used in the Garden of Eden to cause the moral fall of Adam and Eve. One moment they were pure. They were innocent. They were sinless. And then in the next moment they were corrupt, guilty, sinful. Why? Because Satan, that old deluder, deluded them with his deceitfulness. And he'll do the same thing to you and me if we allow him. Proverbs 11:2 says, 
where pride is, there is also there also shall be reproach. But where humility is, there is wisdom. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Jesus said, Blessed, happy, are the poor in spirit. Blessed, happy, are those who are humble. Blessed, happy, are those who walk in and practice the virtue of humility in their daily lives. Humility has always been, it's not the cure, because we can never, we can never cure human pride. But humility is the virtue which keeps pride under control. Humility is the virtue which keeps pride from becoming something inordinate. St. Benedict has a lot to say about humility. He says that the first step of humility is obedience. Unswerving, unhesitating obedience according to St. Benedict and the rule of St. Benedict, is the first step toward humility. And this is the first obstacle that any of us honestly have to overcome if we're going to live what Micah 6.8 says, to walk humbly with our God. We've got to do it in a spirit of humility and we've got to overcome our pride. We've got to overcome the things in our lives that wants to insist that we're number one. And then God's way, well, it's okay out there on the periphery somewhere as long as it doesn't encroach too closely upon what I want to do.